Welcome to RevMD, the podcast all about medical billing. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Signorelli. Join us as we break down the ins and outs of medical billing, discuss the latest trends, and also share insights to help you and your practice navigate the world of healthcare finances. Welcome back to another week of the RevMD podcast. This week, I'm excited to talk to you. Welcome to RevMD, the podcast all about medical billing. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Signorelli. Join us as we break down the ins and outs of medical billing, discuss the latest trends, and also share insights to help you and your practice navigate the world of healthcare finances. Welcome back to another week of the RevMD podcast. This week, I'm excited to talk to you about a question I received this week all about telehealth. And this was less about telehealth in terms of what codes do you use and more about just the entire strategy around how you think about telehealth, what should we be doing in order to implement telehealth in our practice. And it was a really good example of, you know, one of the physicians was sharing, you know, all the text messages, all of the messages in the portal, all the things that come through to the physician. And sometimes it's so easy, right, for the for the nurses or the staff to just, you know, do a quick phone call or send a quick text or respond to a message when in reality you're really evaluating and managing an illness in, you know, within the, you know, the patient's care. And so we started to brainstorm about how, you know, I think that physicians are, we're individuals who want to serve, which is amazing. And we want to take care of people and we want to help people, but then we end up giving so much care away for free. And I know I did a podcast, gosh, I think sometime last year about charging like a lawyer. And if you haven't heard that, go check it out. But you know, I think I really want to encourage, you know, when you think about a message coming across, when you think about a visit that a patient is asking for, really trying to understand, can you do a telehealth visit? Can you do an audio only visit? You know, fully recognizing that telehealth is always going to pay more than an audio only visit, but really thinking through, you know, what is the patient asking for? And is there an opportunity to schedule an appointment instead of, you know, sending a message back or sending an email back or sending a portal message back and really in sitting down with your staff and going, okay, here's the bucket of stuff that is, you know, quick or related to a previous visit, but here's stuff that we're really evaluating and managing an issue. And therefore they need to schedule an appointment and it could be a, an audio only, or it could be a telehealth visit, but we've got to stop giving away care for free. And again, you know, we shouldn't feel bad about that, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, our job is to provide care, keep the doors open of our practices and, you know, make sure that you're getting paid just like anybody else would, right? Like a plumber comes to check out a, a toilet, they get paid, even if they, you know, find out that they don't really need to do this whole huge workup or fix. So this week, we're going to really talk about telehealth and and how you think about getting that into your practice. We all know that the telehealth has had a huge transformation in recent years, really, which 
came about because of the COVID-19 pandemic, and it really expedited the widespread adoption of telehealth and pushed medical practices to explore the possibilities, you know, of this digital option. And so today we're really going to dive into the intricacies of billing for telehealth, uh, talking about some of the CPT codes, high, high level, and then really thinking about how you can have some practical steps for implementation and really some thoughts around, you know, making sure that you're thinking about state medical board requirements and site resource assessments. And hopefully this kind of helps get your team kind of thinking as we go into the new year and brainstorming about things that we can do to increase our revenue. So first things first, we'll talk a little bit about the CPT codes designated by the AMA. And so these codes are important for your office to understand. Obviously, you can use the ENM codes for telehealth evaluations. So that's your, you know, 99202s through your 99215s. Those are can be used as a telehealth visit. Again, that's very different than an audio only visit. And so those telehealth ENM codes can be used you just got to make sure that you're using the right place of service. And, you know, you got to understand, you know, different payers are going to have slightly different rules around how to designate these as a telehealth visit. So you want to make sure to meet with your billing team. There are also some other brief interaction codes that are out there. And so that is your 99421, 994. Two, three. So those are your online digital evaluation and management services. Those are those brief kind of virtual check-ins, concise consultations. And then of course there's the telephone, telephone services, which is the 99441 through the 99443. And again, those are going to pay less than say your telehealth EM visits. It's important to understand that there are some nuances around who's going to be paying for telehealth service after the pandemic has ended. So you want to check with your payers, make sure that what their rules are with regards to this. And you'll also want to make sure that your providers are eligible to provide those services. There are some state laws out there and where regulations can vary. And we'll talk briefly about state medical board requirements in just a minute. The most important thing is really making sure that you have a telehealth consent. And so, you know, it's important where if, say a patient is reaching out and they're saying, Hey, I have XYZ issue. I, you know, I, I need some medications or I, you know, need to, you know, talk to a physician and get some medical advice. If you're doing an evaluation and management, don't sell yourself short and just respond to the text message or portal message. You know, have your front office staff be the the face of those interactions. Have them be the person who takes those messages and says, okay, it's time to, you know, schedule a telehealth visit. And then making sure that the patients are aware that we are doing a telehealth visit. Here's your appointment. Here's your text message reminders. Here's, you know, your consent that says that we're doing a telehealth visit so that they're signing off on that. And then that they may be responsible for any fees, co-pays, deductibles, et cetera, that may come along with this visit. That it is a visit. It's going to be billed. And even to some degree, I think telephone visits, telephone only charges where you're going to be, you know, billing for those also require a similar type consent. It's also important to make sure that you know that with either, with anything that you're billing, right, including telehealth, including a telephone audio only visit, you are going to want to make sure you have a full note, just like you would if the patient was in the office. So making sure that, you know, you are actually documenting that the patient was seen, you know, what did you guys discuss, what was 
you know, the diagnoses or the things you were considering, drop those ICD-10 codes. I mean, all of that same stuff occurs just as if you were doing a visit in the office. It is important to understand that there are some state medical board requirements, and you'll want to make sure that most boards require physicians providing telehealth to hold a license in the state where the patient is located. There are some nuances to that, and there's that interstate medical license, sure, compact you know, that basically offers us, you know, an ability to get approved for multiple different state licenses. I know I've used that in the past and it's very, very helpful because it expedites, you know, say you're boarded in Colorado, you can have your boards for a different state get done much more fast than if you were to go individually state by state. And so it's a really great option and want to make sure that, you know, you just look into that and make sure you evaluate that with regards to the states you're seeing patients in. It's also really important that you look at your technology. You really want to make sure that you do, you know, an assessment of how you're going to be utilizing telehealth. What are the HIPAA compliant software options? Does it integrate with your EMR or PM software? And making sure that everybody within the office is trained for the technology and that it's something that's easy for the patients to use. Super duper important to have enough broadband So internet uh, speed so that you can have really high quality audio and visual for the patient. So that just makes it a better experience overall. Obviously, we all know the benefits of telehealth, but I'll I'll review some of those today because if you're thinking, gosh, I don't know, I don't really want to have telehealth, you know, do I really need to go through all that? You know, obviously there's this increased continuity of care. You know, oftentimes patients are more likely to do a telehealth visit versus just not coming in at all. And so it allows for that, you know, patient who maybe has a minor thing going on, prevents it from getting to be something that's a larger issue, and even may have an ability to extend access to care beyond normal hours, right? You could have telehealth, you know, after work hours. So instead of somebody traveling, uh, you know, across town or in traffic, they could do a quick telehealth visit and you could do that at 5 or 6 p.m. and have, you know, one or two nights where you do late telehealth visits or early morning telehealth visits. It also really helps decrease both a patient or potentially even a provider from having to travel. So you could have a, a physician who maybe does telehealth visits from their home one day a week or a half day a week. And so that's another option. It is also um, really helpful for managing those chronic health conditions where maybe they don't need to come into the office. They can do a quick check through telehealth and being able to just kind of do that quick check-in and see how things are going. The other thing is, is it's obviously can be really helpful for revenue. So obviously this can increase patient volume. It can give you other CBT codes that are a little bit more resource less intensive in the sense that, you know, you could be doing these after hours wait and maybe not have, you know, the same level of staff having to manage these telehealth visits. You really want to make sure that when you're thinking about implementing a telehealth visit system, that you really go over the implementation with your team, that you sit down, you create a project plan, and you really think through how we're going to do this, right? And so when I think about this, you know, my process brain, you know, really thinks about, okay, it really all starts with the front office or the physicians or the patient portals, right? So anywhere there's an influx of either a phone call, a message, wherever those messages and and kind of requests are coming from, that's going to be where you want to start. So you got to think through, okay, who's receiving all of those and get those folks in a room and say, okay, moving forward, you know, we're going to 
instead of, you know, answering care for free or answering this message for free, we're going to offer telehealth or an audio only an appointment. And maybe you can do those super quick, right? You could, you know, offer that appointment in 30 minutes or 15 minutes, you know, just to kind of get it in and out. That's certainly something you can think about is how do you get those quick things scheduled and dealt with the same day, but at the same time going through that process of, you know, making sure that they, you know, get an appointment scheduled, that they sign the consent, that they recognize this as telehealth, that they recognize it's going to be billed, that you have a note that accompanies you know, the visit that you drop this, you know, CPT codes, the ICD-10 codes, and that it closes out that visit. And so that may be an, you know, an opportunity where you block some part of the day or squeeze it between patients or, you know, some sort of mechanism to where you reserve time that you're going to have an appointment for these telehealth visits. You're going to want to really make sure that, you know, you have the right software, the right technology that allows for telehealth, enough internet speed. And you're also going to want to think through it. Can you still collect that copay or deductible with a telehealth visit? Because that's going to be another important piece that you'll want to make sure if that's possible, you know, to send the patient that bill before that they are seen so that they can pay that $20 copay so that your patient AR doesn't get inflated or you're having to send out more statements just because you're doing a higher volume of telehealth. You'll want to make sure that you have automated email and text reminders for these appointments, just like you would for any other appointment. So this should be no different. You want to make sure that you're double-checking all of your processes from a HIPAA perspective, that the software you're using is really designated for telehealth, because that's just going to allow you to um, be able to implement that from a regulatory perspective. So last, we're going to go over the, you know, kind of four tips that you can think about when it comes to telehealth. So again, tip number one, you really want to understand, and you could survey your physicians, survey your patients, is this a service that is going to help your office? Is it a service that is going to increase patient volume, decrease, you know, some burden on your staff? Can it be something that you are ready to do and implement? And so really kind of sitting down with your team and going, okay, is this the right time to do this? All right, tip number two. You're really going to want to make sure, and I know I've said this a few times, but you've got to think through the technology, making sure that you have plan around evaluating technology systems that integrate with your software that you already use today. Make sure it's compliant for telehealth rules and make sure that that uh, is something that's easy to use. Next, tip number three, something else to think about is once you're ready, right? Once you've sat down, you've gotten the process sorted out with your team. You know that it's something everybody wants to do. You've got the technology sorted. You've got your consents. You've got your process down. And the next thing is going to be making sure that your patients know this is offered, right? So have flyers in the office, have emails that go out, making sure that folks know, hey, this is a new service. This is offered. This is how, you know, this is going to work. You can, you know, get same day appointments. You know, you can schedule 15 minute appointments, you know, whatever it is that, you know, you've decided to implement, making sure that your patients recognize that this is a new service for you. And lastly, tip number four is really that you are evaluating the workflow, right? So, you know, just because you start with a workflow that, you know, you think is going to work, you know, reevaluate it in 30 to 60 days. Make sure, you know, is it working? Are we billing for it? Are we getting reimbursed for it? Are we, you know, getting good feedback from the patients? Are we getting good feedback from our staff? And so I'm a big fan of writing things down, making a telehealth policy step by step, 
you know, here's the conditions we're going to offer an appointment. Here's how we're going to schedule those. We're going to, you know, collect co-pays for those. We are going to consent to patients and then we're going to see them, write the notes and get those billed out. So hopefully all of this information gives you kind of just uh, some things to think about as we go into 2024 and we're thinking about ways to improve revenue, improve workflow. This can be a really good profitable option for you and your team. All right. Have a great rest of your weekend. And as always, if you are looking for a new medical billing and coding team, we are a uh, team based out of Denver, Colorado. I am a physician myself, and we are really here to help medical practices think not only just about doing appropriate billing and getting the revenue you deserve, but really thinking about the strategy around what you need to be doing in your practice this year, helping train your front office staff, helping work with your team to say, okay, here, we're going to work on eligibility issues this week, or we're going to work on prior auth denials so that it is a team effort. You know, I truly think whether your billing team is in-house or it's outsourced, it, it is a team effort. It is everybody working together. And, you know, the billing process starts the first time that patient picks up a phone call and ends when the, the when the claim and the patient balance have gotten to zero and you've you've gotten everything paid. And so really it is a process that does require constant evaluation and understanding of how we can improve things and our team is dedicated to helping physician practices. So if you are looking for a new medical billing and coding team, head on over to nationalrevenueconsulting.com and drop us a line there or email us at info at nationalrevenueconsulting.com. All right. Have a great rest of your week. 